Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, everybody. We just jumped into this. This is That's Your Opinion with Chicken Smoot, Cy Femic, our producer, and the former head coach of the Washington football team. See how I stumble on that name? Uh, no, Jay Gruden. You know. <laughs> Jay Gruden. And how you know you owe me money if you say that name. I'm talking about if you say the old team's name. Oh, I know. I got you. Yeah. So Jay Gruden joins us. Look, I see the swear jar, Cy. I I'm got it. it. I didn't say the I'm damn name. God's sakes. So Jay Gruden is here, I assume, down in uh, Jacksonville, just off the golf course. How are you, man? How you doing? I'm doing great, Chick. How are you doing? <laughs> That's so sarcastic. That is so sarcastic. <laughs> I mean, I am doing great. Oh my god. So, Coach, how I feel to be, you know, I know you you love Florida. That's how we had our, our TT Tolliver conversations. You was in Florida at that time. How does it feel to be back in the Sunshine State? I know you're connected to it. Yeah, I love it. You know, I went to high school down here and spent a lot of time in the Arena League with Orlando Predators, Tampa Bay Storm, and uh you know, fell in love with it. So the opportunity arose for me to coach with the Jaguars with Coach Marone, and I knew it was going to be uh, a difficult situation, but uh, chose to take a shot, and and uh, glad I did because uh, in a great area right now. Hey, you took your shot. Uh, obviously, there's been some changes made there, so now you sit in kind of a, a limbo mode. Um, do you want to get right back to coaching, or would you perhaps want to go to the dark side and be in broadcasting? I'm going to try the dark side this year, but it's uh, easier, easier said than done. You know, you got to actually get a job. Somebody's got to offer you. So yeah. I got a few things lined up, a few interviews, but the, we'll see how it goes. If it doesn't work out this year, I'll sit out, anxiously await next year and try to get back in. Well, Coach, the best thing about over here on the dark side, it's like a film session. You know, the film session out there game, the good, the bad, the ugly. You got to call it out regardless. And that's what that's all the media is. You just got to be honest about it. And I know you did that a 100 times in meetings, so that's the easy transition for you. <laughs> That'd be easy. Easy to find ugly on every play, really. You know, I think uh, more media should try to find more good at each play instead of always looking for the ugly, Fred. You know, like Chick, you know, he's always looking for the ugly. What are you talking about? I'm just right. joking, Chick. No, no, you're, you're not, you're you're not joking because I just, I just got on Chick and his old geezer crew that he got up here that hate everything that's new in Washington. That's so bullshit. I had to get on him all the time about the same mindset, Jay. That's exactly right. No, that's just the way it is there. But uh, some, I'm excited to give it a shot. Hopefully it'll work out. If not, like I said, I'll try to get back in coaching if anybody will have me. And now a word from our sponsor, Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. March Madness is upon us. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. As a head coach, uh, you spent, what, five seasons uh, or a little less than five seasons uh, in Washington. 5.5, five, 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 five seasons and five games. 5.5. 5. When you think back on that time, what feelings do you come away with? Well, I'm obviously grateful for the opportunity they gave me and unfortunately didn't work out. We uh, put a lot of effort into making that team a winning team, a consistently a competitive team. Unfortunately, the last year and a half, last two years I was there, you know, injuries really played a major part. Uh, some personnel decisions and at the bottom bottom line is we didn't get the job done and they had to make a change you know there's no hard feelings in my standpoint but uh i just wish i would have had a 
a full tank of gas going in at every game. My last year and a half, two years, it was pretty difficult playing with some of the guys we had to play with. Well, that's the best part about playing sports and being part of the sports culture. We're used to getting fired, right? You, if you're a football player or Benny Brown, any sports, we get fired at a high rate. They're just part of the game. Here go the big question, Coach. Let's just say one college by the name of Mississippi State. Oh, God. Give you a call and say, you know what? We want you to coach the Bulldogs in the SEC. Would you give college a chance is the question. I would give college a chance. You know, I just got to, you know, got to grind on the recruiting part of it. I have not mm. been part of that since I was a graduate assistant in Louisville in 1990. It's been a long time. So recruiting is a whole different animal, you know, so it's something that I got to really, I'd have to get used to and, and understand because that's the most important part in college football in my mind is the ability to recruit and get the players very similar to the NFL. You got to be able to get the free agents. You got to be able to be a good drafter and you got to have the people to do that because it's not about the plays, Fred. It's about the players. Oh, yeah. Oh. It ain't about the X's and O's. It's about the Jimmy and Joe's. That's what I tell you. Like, <laughs> and, and, then, and, and then you do notice in college, that's what it's about. You re recruit, you win the championship. Like at the end of the day, we, you know, they, they saving it for as great as he is. By the way, I beat him when he was at LSU. But saving as great as he is, if you trout now a five-star athlete at every position, you're probably going to have a chance to win a game. If you got Henry Ruggs or Waddle and Bunte Slip at wide receiver, you're probably going to win the game. So that's what college is, winning the recruiting game. Exactly right. That takes some time to be able to get the consistency that he has. So you got to give him a lot of credit because he has built that program where these five-star recruits want to come in year in and year out. It's not a one-year wonder, one-hit wonder type of deal. It's an amazing thing and a thing he's been able to accomplish being able to get these players in year after year after year. You talk about being successful and you and you and being around, you know, when you can draft well. You've been on the record now saying, look, injuries and I had an owner that kind of jumped into the the drafting process. And Fred and I were talking about Dan Snyder and Jerry Jones uh in our previous podcast. Jerry Jones, the guy played football, knows football was involved with the Cowboys process. Dan Snyder did not. Um, how much did that, you know what, let me back up for a second. Yeah, Prepping I'm going to say, it, throw your salt different. You throw no, your no. salt just a little different. No, I want to know. He's on record, and it's. I think everybody knows, but I want to know, prepping for the draft, I don't think any fan knows what takes part in prepping for a draft. What goes into an NFL team prepping for a draft? Oh, a lot. I mean, you're talking about watching all the tape, meeting with all the scouts, uh, getting all the information on every player at every position. Uh, assistant coaches have to do their work on their position. Coordinators have to do their work on their side of the ball. Special team coaches do their work. You got your area scout, your head scout. Uh, you know, Kyle Smith was in charge of uh, the draft. Obviously, Bruce Allen had a big part of it. Eric Schaefer was sitting in all the meetings. So there's a lot of people uh, listening, doing their work, putting their grades in. And at the end of the day, you got to rank them. Um, and then when it's your time to pick, you got to make sure you pick what's best for your team. You know, what's frustrating part is when somebody who doesn't know or hasn't been in those meetings makes a decision. You know, I was at Cincinnati and Mr. Brown, Mike Brown, the owner, he was in every meeting. So he watched all the film and he listened about every player, the background of every guy. Uh, so he's a major part of uh, our draft process and, and uh, had a ton of respect for him and his decisions because he's been around pro football for many, many years. Uh, his his uh, influence on the game has been great. And uh, his opinion matters because he knows and he's been in the meetings and understands it. So the more opinions you have with that type of uh, background, the better. Uh, but you still have to have somebody make the decision because at the end of the day, not everybody's going to agree on a player. You know, the defensive coordinator may like him. The D-line coach may not like him. I may not like him. 
the draft, the head of the draft may love them. Bruce may love them. So you just got to make sure you get all the information, come up with a solution. And then when it's your time to pick, you better have a plan. And so in Washington, how difficult was that? Because uh, it's on record that Dan Snyder would come in and, and make a pick that he liked. You're left holding the bag here for a second. Like, okay. Because, because, and you've also said, look, he's, it's his team. He can do whatever he wants with it. But how yeah. difficult, how difficult was that when you've done all that work? And then here comes. Well, he Lynch. didn't do it very often. He didn't do it very often, which was a good okay. thing. Did it a couple times, but uh, fortunately it didn't happen very often. Um, after the first round, he pretty much wasn't part of it. Uh, so the other day, like I said before, it's his team. If anybody else wants to buy a team for about 2 billion bucks and <laughs> uh, make a decision, you have that right. Uh, but you just wish that he was more part of the meetings and the draft process. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you might not be as frustrated when that pick is made. Well, Jay, you know me and you love to have dinner, and we love to disagree on draft picks. We, 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 we've made that a little thing, Alex. Now, I have something that I don't actually think you're going to disagree about me with this one, but if you do, it tells me everything. I said a guy that I know you can identify with because he's right around the block from you, Kyle Pitts, tight end at Florida. I said he's the best tight end prospect in 20 years. What do you think about that? You know what? I haven't studied a lot of these college guys. I don't have the resources. I don't have the tape where I can sit down and study these cats. I've seen highlight films on him. He's a very impressive guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, he can run. He can catch. I haven't seen him in a core blocking, though, Fred. That's important to me. You got to be able to block if you're a tight end a little bit. Just stick mm-hmm. your face in there. Get a little bit of movement. Have a little bit of strength and power. Be able to sustain a block just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're a glorified wide receiver. If he can do that, the receiving skills that he has, he'll be a dominant player for many, many years. Oh, no doubt. And actually, he will stick it in there a tad bit, but you got to realize 6'5", 255 pounds, 4'440", can play the slot, the outside receiver, also bring him in, play the tight end. I think you would lose your mind coming up with formations with him because as a defensive coordinator, he's a wild card. You don't know what he's representing in that offense at that time. Yeah, exactly right. When we were at our best with uh, Washington, you know, Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis, wow. they were hell to deal with now. I mean, we're moving those guys around, and you had Vernon running a 4 3 and you had Jordan Reed running all the option routes. It's tough to defend those cats. Tight end is is a critical part of the passing game nowadays. You look what George Kittle does in San Francisco, and then when he was gone, how they missed him, and obviously Gronk makes his plays. The tight end position, Kelsey in Kansas City, I mean, mm-hmm. th- these guys are difference makers, and it's their quarterback's best friends. They're easy targets. Uh, they're usually in the intermediate part of the field, working the slot, working outside. They give you a formation or they give you coverage tips and you line them outside by themselves, put the three receivers on the other side. You know if it's man or zone right away. It helps the quarterback a ton. You see what Derek Carr does with their great tight end in Oakland. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a hell of a weapon to have. And if you don't have one, it makes the passing game uh, difficult. How different would things have been if Jordan Reed wasn't concussion prone? And how good a tight end could he have been? I know he's still in the league, but how good could he have been? Well, he, he's great. You know, the tough thing we had uh, my last year there was with the concussion, he got at the third preseason game against Atlanta. So we're getting ready for the first game, and and they said he had a chance to play. So we're game planning with Jordan Reed in the game. And then Friday, uh, he can't go. So you're ripping up half your game plan. And then the next week, uh, he should be good to go. Friday, he comes up with a symptom. You're ripping up your game plan again. And the following week, and then the following week. So concussions are very hard to deal with. In fairness to Jordan, they're they're very scary, um, mm-hmm. and, and you just you just never know 
how long those things will set you back. It could be a week, it could be three weeks, it could be a year. Uh, unfortunately, it lasted Jordan a little bit longer than uh, we would like to have happened, but he's a difference maker. He's the guy that runs all our inside option routes. He's the guy, like I said, we get formation. Uh, we put him in formation where we get man zone tips. We're able to get the plays at the line of scrimmage. Uh, teams are uh, well aware where he is. He makes a big difference in your passing game. Uh, yeah, but when I always looked at him, I always think as much as he brought to the offense, I always looked at him as a glorified slot receiver because we just talked about tight ends that you can't run behind. The one thing it do for me on the defensive side, it undresses the offense. I, I know then where you're not running. I know who you're not running behind. I know as a middle linebacker, I know to slide my technique over just a tad bit and get in a gap that you don't want to happen. So as much as I love Jordan, I also thought, his script was actually as a slot receiver because when you look at this new offense and this new toys that he has to play with, this new running back that can do things, especially in Terry McLaurin on our side, tell me some of the things you would have loved to do with this new group here. Yeah, I mean, you're right. But Jordan Reed, in fairness to Jordan, he could uh, block some outside zone. We could arc his release and he could go match up on safeties. There are some things he could do in a running game uh, that were beneficial to him. Now, we would never stick him. Uh, at fullback and run up and isolate a linebacker for goodness sakes we'd never do that or or run a power and have him double team with the tackle and try to double you know we would never do that but there were some things he could do uh, but with the offenses nowadays with uh, Terry McLaurin and, and they're doing a great job now that they got Curtis Samuel um, they're going to be able to stretch some people out Logan Thomas they're going to be able to spread the field do a lot of good things they just got to um, get that quarterback situated that's all well, that's all ain't that get quarterback Hey, Always. I knew you would love Antonio Gibson with his ability to catch out of the backfield and his ability to run through the tackles. I know you would love him. Yeah, he's a fun guy to watch. You know, I saw him at uh, uh, Memphis. He was an impressive guy, and uh, it was a good draft pick by them. He's uh, very versatile in what he can do, and uh, they got a lot of those guys. But still, like I said, Fred, you got to have the quarterback. It's got to be situated. Got to have a quarterback. You can have all I, I, I the weapons you want. <laughs> and I understand that. And I was trying to get the team. I'm I'm screaming out on TV every chance I get. How about y'all call the Las Vegas Raiders and trade for Marcus Mariota? I think Mariota is ready to start. This guy took teams to the playoffs when he was at his infancy. I think he went to the Gruden School to quarterbacking. And now with his athletic ability, I think he gives you a legit chance to win in the NFC East. Yeah, it could have been, but uh, they didn't get him. Now they have, they have Fitzpatrick, who's won some games, played a lot of games in his career, and uh, a couple other young cats that they like. They just got to get it situated. They got to get a guy. They got to get him to reps. They got to get him to work, and they got to improve with that guy. They can't be playing musical quarterbacks. Uh, my last year at Washington, we had to give Dwayne Haskins a third of the reps and Colt McCoy a third of the reps and Case Keenum a third of the reps in training camp. Nobody got better. Uh, so you got to make sure you – Find your guy, get him ready to go, give him the reps, and then go ahead and go play. What happened with Dwayne Haskins? Obviously a first-round pick for you guys. Was he your pick? Did you want him? And he's now in Pittsburgh under Mike Tomlin, um, who Fred said it should have happened. Right, Fred? You said that should have been. I talked it up before it happened. Before he got cut, I said if it ever happened, he need to go to Pittsburgh. It's, first of all, coach, it ain't nothing to do in Pittsburgh. Second of all, hey, with the Roonies and with Coach Tomlin and time that he can sit behind Roethlisberger, because he's very Roethlisberger-like. He's a pocket passer that you know where he's going to be at as a pass rusher. So i like, that's the perfect place for him to be in that locker room and hold him accountable with the players that he'll be around. Well, I think our locker room here tried to hold him accountable, too. I think you have some stand-up guys that 
would do that. He just, he was just young. I mean, he just first, you know, his first year in a league. And I think he might've thought uh, he didn't have to put as much effort as he should have probably uh, mm-hmm. coming in. I think he yeah. had a lot of accolades coming out of college, deservedly. So he had a great senior season. Um, a lot of people were pumping him up to be this guy or this guy or the, the future of the team. Um, and a lot of times that can get to your head and, and um, it can be a, have a negative impact on you. And that might've been the case with Dwayne. Uh, but when I was there, like I said, we were trying to split up the reps a third, a third, a third, and it didn't really get anybody ready. That's partly my fault, but we didn't really have an established starter. It was Case's first year coming over from Minnesota. Uh, Colt was coming back from an injury. He wasn't quite right. And obviously we drafted Dwayne number one. We had to get him in the mix. Uh, if he beat those two guys out, which we, you know, wouldn't have had a problem with, then so be it. Uh, but uh, didn't happen like that. Case Keenum got won the job, and then he got hurt. We put Dwayne in against uh, the Giants. He wasn't ready, uh, and uh, obviously struggled immensely. Uh, so hopefully, Dwayne something clicks in for him, and he continues to work his butt off. Uh, he's a young quarterback, with a lot of talent. Uh, he's got a bright future if he can figure out how to work at it. Ryan Fitzpatrick, you mentioned, obviously a guy who has won in the league, and it just just seems like a just a hell of a guy in a locker room. Uh, almost seems like a perfect fit for this organization right now. I know that you'd like to have a bell cow quarterback. He's, he's, is he close to one of those? Well, I mean, he's had a lot of starts in his career. He hadn't had a whole lot of winning persist winning percentage. Isn't that great, but he's a great competitor. Mm-hmm. He's a great guy. He's very smart. You know, obviously he went to Harvard. Uh, I know Kenny Zampezi, the quarterback coach had him in Cincinnati before I got there, uh, spoke highly, very highly of him. Uh, his character, his work ethic, uh, his ability to lead a team. And that, that means a lot, you know, I, but we thought the same thing about Alex when we got Alex, unfortunately got hurt. We felt the same thing about Colt, but he got hurt. And we felt the same thing, obviously about Case Keenum bringing him over from Minnesota. Uh, and unfortunately didn't work out on a one-year deal. So uh, these guys, if you surround them with the right people, if they're a great leader, great people work their tail off, players will play well around them. Uh, he'll get the most out of the guys around them. Just protect the football, let your defense uh, do their thing. You saw Alex get hurt. How stunning, how shocking. Um, you're sitting there, you're busy working. You got your own gig in Jacksonville. But then you see, That's what you what? do all the time. What? I had that on my mind to ask Coach that question. Okay. And every time I have something on my mind to ask somebody, you blurt it out and you just take all the shine. That's what you well, do. Tell you what, go, go ahead. Ask, don't ask Coach the question. Just go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, you go ahead. No, you go all ahead. All right, let Damn me it. rephrase that properly. What the hell coach. is going on here? But since you not only coach Alex Smith, knows Alex Smith work, work, and not only knows his work, work with him, saw him go through the injury, saw him rehab himself all the way back and back onto the field. How did it feel with you seeing him get back on the field? Because i tell you how it made me feel. I mean, it was incredible. I, I, I never thought in a million years I would have bet every dollar I had in my bank account that there's no way he'd ever play again. Uh, not that he wouldn't rehab and work his tail off and get himself in position to play, but to actually play, not a chance, Fred, not a chance mm-hmm. in hell that I think he'd ever play again. But mm-hmm. he's the type of guy that he just won't take no for an answer. He's very stubborn, works his tail off. He's going to work, work, work until he gets back on the field like he did. It's, most, it's the most incredible thing I've seen on a football field a player accomplish, in my opinion, uh, since I've been in the league, which and it hadn't been that long, but uh, it's an incredible feat. Uh, happy for him. I'm glad he got out of there uh, without an injury. Hopefully he signs somewhere this year and, and can continue to play if that's what he chooses to do because he's a, a great guy, great leader, great for your football team, whether he's a starter or not the starter. Uh, you can still win a lot of games with Alex Smith as your quarterback. 
And now, that, Coach, I also felt, though, you know, as proud as I was of him uh, as an ex-player, I also watched games, and I would be nervous. I, I would be nervous during the, the course of the game, watching him take hits, watching him do this. I don't know if it was because I seen him before the injury. I knew how bad the injury was. But I, I, I was on pins and needles, Coach, most of the time when I watched him. Yeah, I, I would have been the same way. I, I don't think – I don't know. It would have been hard for me if I was still there as a coach to put him back in. I would have been I would have been nervous. You know what I mean? He, we probably would have had to have a fight or something like that. But he, yeah. he, he I mean, <laughs> uh, I would have been scary. Uh, I mean, I just I just know what type of guy is, what type of family he has, and how much uh, his family needs to him. And to see him have another tragic episode with that thing would be devastating for me if I was a coach. Uh, but, you know, it's his decision. He wanted to do it. And uh, I was just – it's amazing that he did it. And hopefully continue to do it if that's what he wants to do. For those who don't know, Jay Gruden has come and played in my golf tournament, at, I think, two times. Almost got killed by one of my guys in my group, by the way, a nearly decapitated coach from, mm. from another from another hole. Nice. But even you told me then, after Alex Smith, you said, I, there's just no chance in hell that I'm putting him back out on the field. And that's mm. the way Ron Rivera felt. He was forced yeah. to do it. And he basically said, I'm, I can't resign him because I, I just don't want to – be the guy that puts him out there and this happens again. That's a very difficult situation for a coach. It is a tough situation. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, you have trainers, you have doctors, you have the players. If the trainers clear him, the doctors clear him, they say he's good to go and the player wants to go, then let him go. You know, that's just the way it is. That's the same thing with concussions, same thing with blown out knees and all that other stuff. So uh, players do have injuries. This one was more than an injury, though. This was a devastating I mean, this was just, this is brutal. So, uh, but he was able to come back from it. He was cleared from it, from the doctors. I'm not a doctor. I just had feelings for Alex. I love him so much. I think he's mm -hmm. such a great guy and a great person. Uh, you know, if had it been Fred Smoot, I would have put him out there. I wouldn't. Really <laughs> <get that. laughs> hey, so that's what Coach would have did. He would have treated me like Apollo Creed of a Rocky. Yeah. Let me go right back in there and get knocked I, out. I'm paying you, Fred. Get your ass back out there. <laughs> Hey, that, hey, that's how, hey, that's how it is. Like the, the position players, gladiators, the quarterbacks, they just hold them up on the shrine. Yeah. Exactly right. <laughs> what was Jay Gruden like uh, in his pro professional debut at the Barcelona Dragon? What was Barcelona like for you? Uh, Barcelona, I was only there for three weeks. I went there, oh, I sat weeks. behind Tony Rice and Scott Ernie were the quarterbacks. I went there for three weeks and uh, Sieges was quite the place to be. I'll tell you that. Beautiful place. Uh, however, I wasn't getting the opportunity to play, so I left after three weeks and went back and played arena ball. Had to go win another championship in arena. I love the arena league and uh, missed my boys, so I went back there and played. Yeah, my cousin, actually, uh, Cedric Donaldson, cornerback from LSU, actually played for the Barcelona football team. NFL. I remember Cedric Donaldson. I do remember him. Yeah, yeah. I remember him and as a player. I don't remember him, like, as a person, but I remember him as a player. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And I always say NFL Europe was the right decision, wrong timing. And I think it's time now for them to try it again because the networks are starving for any football. Yeah, okay. it's a great league. The XFL, the UFL is a great league. I was in that for a couple of years, and, and unfortunately that didn't work out. Hopefully the XFL, something will happen with that positive because there's a lot of good players out there that need an opportunity to play. 53-man mm -hmm. rosters uh, gets hard. Um, you know, people want veterans, so the young players are not developing now. The lack of OTAs right now, it's very hard for a young player, if you're a free agent, uh, to come in and win yourself a starting job or get the experience you need to show that you deserve to be playing because there are no preseason games now. There's no OTAs. So how do you prove yourself? 
You know, mm-hmm. the only guy I've ever seen doing it so far was James Robinson, our running back in Jacksonville. Uh, we had no OTAs, hardly got to see him in training camp. He hardly got any reps. We got rid of Fournette uh, to Tampa. And then all of a sudden we gave him the reps. He took over and did it. Had he not gotten those reps, he probably would have been cut. Uh, and there's a great player like him would have been out on the streets. So uh, yep. you got to be able to have somewhere else where you can get these guys some work and some practice tackles, uh, linebackers, safeties, receivers. There's so many good ones and so many of them that need time to develop. You know, at age 21 or 22 coming out of college, not everybody's fully developed, you know, mentally or physically. And they need that time. Same thing with coaches, develop young coaches. Uh, yeah. It's a great avenue for everybody to get a chance to develop and, and uh, show that they belong. Do you like saving money? Who doesn't? Have you thought about switching to solar? If the answer is yes to both those questions, then you'll want to hear what Smart Roof can offer you. Switching to solar with Smart Roof can save you 10 to 40% on your electricity bill and can save you money monthly right from day one. Want to see if you qualify for solar? Call 833-343-ROOF. That's 833-343-ROOF. Or visit our website, smartroofinc.com. That's smartroofinc.com. And use the promo code CHICKENSMOOT to get a free energy savings report and solar design mock-up. One Cam Sims you've watched develop into what he did this year. And I wasn't shocked because this one guy I've always pulled for. I like to pull for the underdog. I think you watch Cam Sims come from the bottom to a serious contributor with the contributor to the things he did this year. Yeah, another great example. He's a big kid as a free agent. Free agents, they don't, you know, you get the rookie free, you get the rookie training camp, then you get uh, OTAs, then you get training camp, and, and they got to take advantage of the reps. And Cam always did that. He always made a player or two in practice that turned your head that you didn't want to lose them. You know, there were a couple of times we had to keep them on the practice squad, but we had a good feeling that Cam would develop into a quality receiver uh, once he got his, uh, you know, his alignments right, his routes right, his depths, his in and out of breaks, just continue to work. Uh, you could tell that he'd be a good player, and he's going to turn into a great one. Cy, you had a question, Cy? Yeah. Hey, Coach, where do you think uh, where do you think's the best fit for Ryan Kerrigan? Mm. Well, that's a good question. You know, I think uh, – Ryan's sack production is what it is, man. It's still very good. And teams are lacking good pass rushers now, nowadays, you know, just coaching uh, at Jacksonville, playing some of the teams we played. Uh, there's a lack of quality pass rush in the NFL right now. And I think Ryan still has a lot left in the tank. I think there's a lot of teams that could use his services, whether it's base first, second down on a three, four defense, uh, obviously uh, in nickel and sub, he could still play defensive end and rush the passer. Uh, I don't know where that'll be, but I think there's definitely a need for Ryan Kerrigan's services because he's still a great player, tough. Uh, it's it's always good to have a guy that you know is going to be there, durable, dependable. Uh, he's going to do the right thing. He's going to be ready to play on every Sunday that you play. Those guys are hard to find, and he's one of the top ones at it. We have pulled the uh, the coach off the golf course. We're talking with Jay Gruden here mm-hmm. in the final moments. Um, he is looking for a Tony Romo-esque deal, $180 million to be a broadcaster. <laughs> Not yet. That'll come though. That'll come. That's coming. Now, That's, uh, yeah. I'm trying to force. I'm finding. I'm trying to force coach to the SEC. All right? I'm trying to force coach <laughs> to the SEC. I want to see him on a recruiting trail. I want to see him. I see. I want to see him mold young quarterbacks. Cause that's the one thing that I don't see in college sometimes. Because usually the best quarterback that's preparing for the league, he usually ain't playing for a powerhouse team. He's playing for a team that's second, third, fourth best team in the division. So I want to see coach mold some young quarterbacks in college so i'm going hashtag Gruden to college i love it i'd give it a shot that'd be fun 
I don't know about that. Him back in hey. college, that's dangerous. Yeah, no, I won't coach in Like, listen, I like offense. And, you know, I like the Pirate. We got the Pirate at Mississippi State, but we got Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, and we got Deion Sanders at Jackson State. Uh, you know, you know, as much as I love the pirate, he don't he don't compare to those guys. But I could take one Jay Gruden in there, you know, and make it happen. I'll tell you what I could do, Fred. I promise you that I could recruit. I promise you I could recruit. Oh, I know you can recruit. I know your personality. I know that's that's what recruiting is, sitting in somebody's living room and talking to them into letting you leave with their child. Like that's <laughs> literally what recruiting that's, is. That'd be easy for me. <laughs> Um, you've been a head coach and a coordinator uh, as you take this time to look for, for you know, certain opportunities. Uh, is that what you're looking for now uh, as far as that goes? Or are you willing to take a job that's, you know, I, I'll use the quotations lesser, uh, but, but or does the league just draw you in so much you'll just take what you can get and be on an NFL team and start to teach again? That's a great question, Chick. I don't know yet. I, I, right now, like I said, I'm going to put my eggs in the, uh, the, the the basket of the media, see okay. how, where that takes me, because uh, all the jobs are filled up right now. There's nothing I can do right now uh, as far as the NFL is concerned, so it has to be next year. Uh, but if I don't get anything in the media, um, then next year I'll take, if there's any offers, I'll have to be more aggressive in my approach. Uh, this year, I kind of sat back, waited for my phone to ring. I thought my phone was broken for about three months, uh, <laughs> but it wasn't. Uh, but we'll see what happens next year. I'll, 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 you know, I'll have to think about it. So, you know, in the media that you, you, you have to, I mean, I don't know which jobs you're looking at, but I'm, I'm assuming it's of an analyst kind of role. Uh, and when you get new guys making that transition, I've worked with enough of them that, you know, some guys won't be critical, uh, at all. Some guys, uh, go the other way. Um, is that something that you have to learn in order to, cause you got a lot of friends in the game, but you're going to have to he's use a their... coach already. He's critical is what coaches do. Okay. And I mean, you don't ask him to be critical against his brother. He do that anyway. So he's fine. Yeah, Everybody's yeah. open range to him. I mean, if I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings and that person whose feelings I hurt has problems, has bigger problems than, <laughs> I, than my comments, right? You got to be thick skinned as a coach. You got to be able to handle adversity. Uh, I've got criticized every which way hasn't affected me whatsoever. Sure. I have a lot of respect for everybody in the media for their opinions. I mean, they are what they are. Even, even Brian Mitchell, I don't care. He can rip me every day, man. I, <laughs> you know, uh, he, I don't really like him, but everybody else is I'm okay with. <laughs> <laughs> See, hey, uh, I'm a cornerback. I'm a cornerback. So we, we always constantly, a uh, 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 a feet to our fire, and like people love us one week and hate us the next week. We the we the best thing they ever cover one week, and next week we shouldn't even be in the NFL. So I know I, how that love goes. I said a cornerback's best quality should be a short memory. You better have a short memory if you're a corner. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you dwell on getting beat one time, you'll never ever be able to be a good corner. That's the only. That's the only good thing about CTE. The only good thing about oh, CTE. Gosh. <laughs> uh, dude, my lord, man, what? Oh, my you got a short the... memory. You want yeah, short well, memory, man. You got no memory. Listen, oh, if you, I told you, if you're a cornerback, you got to lie, cheat, and steal. And the first one started with lie. Because you got to lie to yourself like you're the best player in the league, even when I just gave up 150 yards to the second to the second screen guy. Like, I still got to look myself in the, in the mirror and say, you still the best. I still got to play a whole game. 100% true. That is 100% true. Uh, your time in Washington, two questions. Your biggest regret and what you're most proud of? Oh, my goodness. Not winning a playoff game or the Super Bowl, obviously. That's your goal as a head coach, uh, to lead your team to the playoffs, win playoff games, win a Super Bowl. That didn't happen, obviously. Uh, my best accomplishment 
I just think developing some of these players, these young players into what they are helping. Uh, obviously I didn't have a lot to do with it, but it was fun to watch guys like yeah. Preston Smith grow Jamison Crowder, yeah. uh, young cats like that grow in the system that you gra- drafted and, and brought up and, and watch them go off and make a lot of money and do well. Kirk cousins, watching them make a hundred million dollars, you know, uh, even though there might be some animal, who knows, but I have a lot of respect for Kirk and hopefully he does uh, for me. And um, you know, I love seeing guys like that um, take the information that you give them, um, teach them how to practice, how to prepare, and then they go out and do it and make some money for themselves and, and become very successful. Oh, that was really positive, uh, politician-like. Because basically what <laughs> I deciphered when I heard everything, when I deciphered the top, what I really want to say code, your top accomplishment was cutting RG3. I think that's what you just said through all the words that you just said. <laughs> no. Your best accomplishment. And that's not true RG3 at all. I, I, wanted RG, I wanted RG3 to succeed like everybody else did. Unfortunately, uh, Kirk just had a little bit more uh, to offer at that time and, and took this opportunity and ran with it. Oh, no, right, you to the bank. To right to the bank. I, right to the bank. I, no, I literally got shot down because I went on a year before he was removed and went on ESPN first take and said Robert Griffin III will never be able to mimic what he did his first year because they all his plays was off schedule. You can only do off schedule so long before we catch up with you on the defensive side. And at one point in time, you're going to have to beat us from the pocket. And he could never do that. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, one, you have to give credit to the Shanahan's that first year. They came up with a system that was kind of new to the NFL, with the zone reads, the play actions off of them. Uh, they had some great play action, uh, strike routes, Pierre Garçon. They, they had some good offensive weapons, too. And credit Robert. He did some great things, too, outside the pocket. Like I said, even within the pocket, he did some good things. Uh, the other day, though, after that injury, um, I think it was hard for him to turn himself into a true pocket passer, like you're saying. That takes time. You know, he went right. to Baylor. They didn't have really much of a pass offense there. And this was all new to him. And it's a process. These young players have to go through and they have to work and prepare and, and try to change a little bit. And that's hard for some of them. And Dwayne's going through a little bit of the same thing. And I've seen a lot of young quarterbacks, Gardner Minshew's going through some of the same stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to ch- change the way they play. But, you know, it's hard. And it it's takes hard. time. They're, these guys are young football players that, uh, you know, some quarterbacks don't develop until their mid thirties, late thirties. Some of them, you know, yeah. don't ever develop. So uh, it's just a very difficult position to play, especially when you're asked to do something you're not used to doing. Having, uh, having been through the, uh, the RG three era, how do you see Lamar Jackson? Lamar is a different cat. Uh, Lamar is uh, a glorified running back as well. Uh, his ability to run the ball between the tackles, make people miss. You know, Robert was more of a straight line, fast guy. Lamar mm-hmm. is very, it's much more elusive, uh, uh, making people miss. Um, so they've come up with a scheme there with two, three tight end sets, uh, with the zone reads, the quarterback direct runs. Uh, that's very difficult to fend. Uh, but at the end of the day, they've had trouble in playoffs when they've had to throw the ball, um, drop back and throw it. And that's something he's going to have to continue to get better at. And Lamar's the type of guy that will get better at it. But he is a dangerous guy and uh, a different quarterback because of his ability to run uh, fast and be elusive. What was it like to coach Sua Cravens? <laughs> like, uh, Sua was a good kid. He's just he's crazy, man. He was. Uh, <laughs> he, I like Sue. Sue came from, you know, Sue was a tough guy. It was a weird draft pick for us because uh, he never really played safety at college. He right. was like a 3-3 outside linebacker nickel type guy. We knew he couldn't play nickel. 
and he had never really played safety. So I was like, who, who, where are we going to put this guy? And we mm-hmm. put him at dime. So we first put him at dime linebacker. And that was kind of a new position for him. Uh, and then they tried to move him to safety. We tried to move him to safety and he wasn't quite fast enough for that or big enough. It was, it was a tough deal. He just never really had a position fit for us. Uh, nothing against him personally or mm-hmm. as a player, just position fit. Where do you put him? He wasn't never really a safety, a half safety, a middle safety. He didn't have the speed. Wasn't really physical enough to be a box safety. Uh, wasn't really fluid enough to be a nickel. Uh, wasn't big enough to be a linebacker. So he was just kind of a jack of all trades, master of none. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he had some, he had some things, you know, he had to deal with uh, off the field a little bit. Uh, hopefully he gets that straightened out and play again. A little bit, a little bit. Oh, no, he, just lost, a little he, bit. Lost, he, he lost his mind. Some guys <laughs> just ain't rap tight. That's one thing I lo- I know about the NFL. I know about college football. You're going to meet some different personalities in that locker room. Don't forget, I played with Darryl Gardner. And you can't get no more edgier than Darryl Gardner. Literally, we signed him as a free agent. He knocked on my door. Moved in my house without my permission, and I was scared to make him leave. Yeah, that's 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 tough. That's why it's, it's very important to get to know these guys before you take them. You know, it's hard now it's just the Zoom calls. I mean, oh, I can sit in a Zoom call and I can say yes sir, no sir, be the greatest guy in the world. And then come if you come draft me the first day, I could be the biggest ass you have ever met. Right. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. it's it's going to be a difficult for these guys to get to know each and individual player. Uh, on this type of basis, when you're making these picks this year, it'll be interesting to see. And free agency the same way. Uh, you're not able to fly these guys in for visits, get your doctors, take a look at them. Right. Um, there's going to be some uh, free agent busts that are going to be uh, quite costly to some teams, in my opinion. All right. So how's the golf game? I'm sure you're getting out there an awful lot. How's the golf game? I'll tell you what. The kid, thing that's killed me in my golf game is TikTok. So I got this TikTok. <laughs> what? Have you ever seen these golf uh, schools on TikTok? These oh, you're TikTok? you're not you are not you are not looking at TikTok. Bill Nicholson pops up there. I oh, get Jason's no. day. I get Tiger Woods lessons. I get all these lessons. I go to the driving range. I don't even know how to hold a club now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to swing like Tiger. I almost blow my shoulder out. I try to chip like Phil Mickelson. I top it and chunk it. I mean, it's a nightmare right now. I just got to go back to the old slappy school of play that I know. So when I come down there, I'm, I'm texting you because I, I want to rematch. Anytime you want, Chick. Just bring your wallet. Honey, where's my wallet? Cheap. No, he sorry. cheap as he get. He cheap because if he did something, <laughs> he would have got his LeBron hairline fixed. Yeah, that's, oh, you got to put, put, put a little money on the line. It makes guys like Chick nervous. You know that's, what I mean? No, that was fine. I, we, I, no, we did okay at RTJ. We, 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 did, we did all right. Money yeah. and drinks. <laughs> coach, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. All right, that is Jay Gruden, former coach of the Washington football team, now that's trying to figure guy. out how to get – He's trying to get there. He goes, ah, that's tremendous. Uh, I wish him the best of luck. I'd rather see him coaching football, but as God is my witness, he is going to get behind a microphone and people will love. Hey, he's, he's original. He's original. He's a, just he's like original. his brother. And he sound, right. He sounds a little bit like his brother, but he's, yeah. but he's so much more. He lets it rip so much more. Yeah, that that that's going to be interesting to see how, uh, you know, how that turns out. I mean, if somebody's smart, you know, and see, Jay, Jay Gruden wasn't a Jay Gruden wasn't wasn't a big winner. Right. As yeah. a head football coach. But you don't need to be a big winner. He's well known in the league. No, he knows what he's talking about. Once you accomplish something, you accomplish it. And this is the difference between Jay and his brother. His brother is more animated, where Jay is more truthful and right. and, 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 and more direct with what he's gonna go through. Like he has no filter where where, where his brother can literally fear for his way around stuff but say the same thing. Yeah. Uh so I I, I we all wish him well. Um I 
you know, this league is filled with, uh, they, you know, they call them retreads, but there are guys that you know can coach. Um, yeah. Whether it's head coach or not. Uh, he's and don't judge him by their first gig. Don't judge him because if you judge him by their first gig, we have never had Belichick because he coached the Cleveland Browns who don't really got a name. And guess right. what? He stunk like all Brown coaches do. Right. <laughs> and I think Newland was his third job because he went from the Browns to the Jets for a day. He did. Right? You can't count the Jets against you him. Can't you can't count can't. the Jets? No, he, he didn't either. He might have been the most successful Jets coach of all time <laughs> with one day. <laughs> <laughs> all right man well that's great to catch up with jay gruden um you know, i think we're gonna try out we'll I'll see if uh old shanahan's around at some point we'll see if uh he'll talk shanahan will not do an interview with me don't what? you forget? oh really i named him the red lobster did you that's forget okay that? you want did you, you, you forget think... that like i'm the dude that named him the red lobster his son the crawfish all right so at the end of the day we, he will never do an interview with me all right, so Fred Smoot says that Mike Shanahan will never come on That's Your Opinion podcast. Now, it is my sole goal No, no if this, Mike this is your opinion with Chick Hernandez only, <laughs> he will come. But when you say, yeah, and Fred Smoot, he, he going he gonna to be, oh, yeah, yeah. Then you're going to say my name. He's going to be like, nah. So you're saying it, there's no chance that Mike Shanahan will come on this show? If, if All I'm saying is a 0.0.0. .0 .0 1% chance that he'll come on after saying my name. All right, mark that down, Siphon. Oh, I did. Mark that oh, down. Oh, I did. <laughs> so we'll have to rerun this when I announced the fact that Mike Shanahan is going to join our show. The questions will weeks. be awkward. Like, can I ask him, are you mad that I gave you the name The Red Lobster? Are you sure that he knows you named him that? He know I named him that, and I wouldn't be mad if he, he shot one back at me and called me like the Brown Panther. Oh my God. Brown Panther is not anything like lobster. What's that? what's the difference? One is a one is a lobster. One is a panther. Like it's well, panther's kind of kind of badass. The lobster yeah. is not really that badass. Well, yeah. he's not called a red lobster because of his badassness. He called it because of his red skin, his tan skin. Did you say red skin? What? His tan skin. That's, that's a dollar. dollar he's smooth. always red. That's, that's a dollar, buddy. Smooth. That's, that's a dollar, that's a dollar pal. No, I wasn't talking about doesn't the matter. I'm talking about his context red doesn't skin. matter. Like this is two. That's three words. His context red skin. Is irrelevant. <laughs> All right, boys, that was fun. Great to catch up with Jay Gruden. Tundra. Oh my god. Um, thanks for guys for listening, and I hope you guys learned something about uh, Jay Gruden that he is quite the yapper, and that he lost money to me on the golf course, which I will take every single time. Um, anything else? Ah, life's great. Life's good. You know, life is sports and sports is life. Bye. Yep. All good. All good. By the way, Fred, you notice you got the Lamar question in. Of course. Size Ravens team. He's forever just going to rave in himself to death. Like, he, he, he just don't care. But Well, I was I waiting for the that. RG3 question because, you know, with, I mean, he's not going to be anymore, but RG3 is the Ravens backup for, you know, the last few years. So, that was going to be my first Ravens angle, but you stole that from me, Smoot, so I had to. Well, we had to give him his Ravens minute. We had to give him his, because you know the one thing about Wolves and Ravens, they work together. I told you all that last week. All right, folks. I hope you guys enjoyed us just wrapping down this show. But uh, our thanks to Jay Gruden. Um, we'll see you next week for Cy Fenwick, Fred Smoot. I'm Chick Hernandez. This has been That's Your Opinion, presented by Bet Online. 
you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.